RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Our guest correspondent is Shelley Bailey Shaw. She is the editor of KidTripster.com, an online family travel resource that provides information and inspiration to families traveling with kids anywhere in the world. Shelley worked as a television reporter for more than 20 years before founding KidTripster as a way of combining her passions for journalism and family travel. She's the mom of two sons, ages 15 and 18, living in Portland, Oregon. The family started RVing in 2007 in a rental and eventually bought their own rig a few years later. These days, they and the family dog travel the country in a 38-foot Class A Newmore Ventana. They've crisscrossed the country multiple times and have visited 44 national parks. Welcome to the show, Shelley. Hi, Shelley. Hey there. So glad to be back. Oh, we're happy to have you back because our audience always is clamoring for more reviews from the Pacific Northwest. And just more Shelly. More, more Shelly and more reviews from so, the Pacific Northwest. This week's a double <laughs> dose of Shelly, and you're going to want to head on over to the regular RVFTA podcast as well for a great episode. Are you happy to sing the praises of the Pacific Northwest? So uh, There's a lot to sing about that. In fact, when we were talking with our boys just again, probably about two nights ago, there's always like favorite trip conversations around here. And once again, the Pacific Northwest came in as their favorite it trip was, ever. It was everyone one's favorite trip ever. Texas was a close second, close run oh. the other night. I mean, it always changes, but the, but the Pacific Northwest stays at the top all the time. So where are you taking us to this week? <laughs> well, you know, with so many natural wonders, it's kind of hard to believe that Oregon is home to only one national park, but she's a beauty. It's Crater Lake. And Crater Lake is located in southern Oregon, about a five-and-a-half-hour drive from Portland. And Crater Lake was once the site of um, this Mount Mazama. But what happened was there was this really violent eruption about 7,700 years ago, and it triggered the volcano's collapse. So what remains today is the deepest lake in the United States. It's the ninth deepest in the world. It's about 1,900 feet or so. But what's really, truly stunning about Crater Lake is the water. It's fresh. It's clear. It's clean. It's among the purest anywhere in the world because it's only fed 
by rain and snowmelt. There are no creeks, no rivers. It's really unusual. And the colors of the water here are gorgeous. Turquoise, sapphire, midnight blues. It's beautiful. So we're taking you to the only campground that RVs can stay at, at Crater Lake, and that's Mazama Village Campground. But before we dive in, and I want the details oh, on this one, we only spent one day at Crater Lake. Which it was is like, magical. Oh, it was magical, and I can't wait to get back. And when we get back, I want to camp here, so I want yeah. to learn all about this one. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. Since 1968, Jayco has been providing a way for generations of families to create lasting memories together. And today, Jayco offers everything from camping trailers to Class A motorhomes, complete with more standard features and a longer, stronger two-year limited warranty. Jayco gives you the value you're looking for and the peace of mind you deserve. Lots of family fun is to be had around a campfire with a Jayco nearby. For more information, visit your local Jayco dealer or jayco.com. Jayco, generations of family fun. Now, Shelly, it sounds like this one, in terms of it being a campground of the week, is all about location, 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 correct? It totally is. I mean, Mazama Village Campground, like I said, is the only campground that RVs are allowed to stay at in Crater Lake. It's about seven miles um, from the southern rim of the lake. And to be honest, is it the very best campground in Oregon? No. But it's where you're going to want to stay if you're visiting Crater Lake because of the proximity to the lake. And that's why we're featuring it. I think... It's important to maybe pause here for a second and to emphasize this point. Sometimes when people think about campgrounds, they automatically assume that national park campgrounds are going to be more beautiful and wonderful than maybe some private campgrounds outside of the park limits. But it, 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 and that is often the case. Okay. So I'm not you know, you know, bashing national park campgrounds. However, we have seen our fair share of national park campgrounds that are a little bit like cleared fields, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. almost like parking spots for the campground, you know, for the campers. They're not super well-maintained. They don't really have a lot of amenities and it really is all about just being in the heart of the action. So sometimes when you're thinking about where you're going to camp, it really is, do I want to be in the park or do I want to be outside the park, maybe in a more beautiful campground with more amenities? And well, from what I remember of driving into Crater Lake, there are not really many private campground options, if any, outside of the park. Uh, right. And, that, and that's exactly the point. And as you know, it's no easy task getting to Crater Lake. And so really, I think this is your very best option to allow you to enjoy everything that Crater Lake has to offer. So what does it look like? I mean, is it just that parking lot style campground or do you have beautiful views? What does it look like there? Well, I think it's nicer than a lot of, um, you know, those type of campgrounds that we're talking about. It is in a forested area, so all the sites are are in the pines. Um, Mazama has about 214 sites that can accommodate rigs up to 50 feet in length, um, and there's a limited number of sites with electric hookup. Um, but the campground is, is part of Mazama Village. So nearby, you have a camp store, you have a restaurant, a gift shop, gas station, a dump station. Um, there's also some rental cabins in this area. And the sites are spread out over seven loops. So it's A through G. And as I mentioned, they're all forested um, with these, you know, pine trees. Now, 214 sites, that kind of sounds like a good amount. Is it really hard to get a spot here? 
it is extremely hard to get a spot at this campground because it's a short season. They don't open until June 15th and they close September 23rd. So for the sites in June, they're available on only a first-come, first-served basis. You can't reserve those. And then in July, August, and September, 75% of the sites can be reserved in advance, either online or by calling a phone number that I'm I'm sure you'll have in the show notes. And then the other 25% are first-come, first-served. And during those peak months, you'll want to have a reservation because that campground is absolutely going to fill up. And it's a bargain, right? What are the price points here? I mean, it's a little more expensive than I've paid at other national parks, but um, for tent sites, it's $21. Uh, for RV with no hookups, it's $31. And if you have an RV site with electric, it's $36. They also have this kind of um, extra charge, which I'm not really a fan of. Uh, if you have extra adults uh, at the site, more than two, you have to pay three $3.50 a person, which I think is kind of, you know, nickel and dime in you, but um, it is what it is. I'll still call it a bargain. My local county park is $40 a night, and this is right outside of Crater Lake for $37. we are never a good judge of pricing. Everything's so Anytime expensive you grow us. up outside of New York City, you're not a good judge <laughs> like of pricing. Every, everything is You a should bargain. never have conversations about prices with anybody because we're always like, that's so cheap. <laughs> and then everyone thinks we're like Richie Rich over here. And it's like, <laughs> like, no. No, we're just used to spending everything. <laughs> All right, so tell us about site details. Are the sites big? Or are they small? You know, the sites are fairly close together. I'd strongly suggest a pull-through site, especially if you're in a larger rig. We, we drive kind of a, a bigger rig, so that's important to us. Um, it can sometimes be difficult to back in a large RV because you just don't have enough clearance to pull forward at the right angle, you know what I mean, and like kind of swing yourself in. Um, we stayed in the A-loop. It's the smallest and closest to the camp store. Um, there's an amphitheater that's between loops D and E, if that's important to you. And then the tents are on the furthest loop, which is loop G. I'm thinking limited amenities. Yeah, correct? I mean, we're not expecting a pool, but tell us what we can get here. Yeah, pretty limited. Um, they do have bathhouses, but most of the showers, um, actually all of the showers, are pay showers, uh, which, again, I'm not a fan of. But they're available near the camp store. So if you need those facilities, you want to stay in Loop A or B. Or Loop F has uh, pay showers as well, but it only has three. And if memory serves, I think it was something like 75 cents for four minutes, and I take a 20-minute shower, so that wouldn't really work for me. (laughs) Shelly, Wes is right there with you in that camp. He was scandalized that he had to pay for a shower at Badlands National Park. Like, he was scandalized. He wouldn't stop talking about it. He could not believe he had to pay to take a shower. And I was scandalized because the bathroom was gross, too. Are the bathrooms clean, at least, for your 75 cent four minute shower they are clean they are clean <laughs> all right so tell us about the cell and the wi-fi you travel with teens were they uh, able to get on their devices uh no which is the beauty i think of staying at crater lake um so there's no cell service in the park but you can get wi-fi at crater lake lodge which is the historical lodge that sits on the rim of the lake so if you absolutely need to get online you can do it there Any experiences with customer service? You know, uh, when we went, it was during peak season, and that meant that 
there was a line for check-in. It was very busy. Um, and unfortunately we waited in a, in, in a pretty long line. So I would just recommend sort of packing your patients. Always, <laughs> always packing your patients on an RV trip. Now, Shelly, one of the biggest benefits in my mind to staying at a national park campground. Like a lot of the time I I literally think, well, I'm going to trade some of the amenities for park ranger programs because our kids have had such wonderful experience with, with those. Is that something that you're going to find here? Are you going to get those great amphitheater um, presentations in the evening hours? Absolutely. So you have the junior ranger program, which you do at all the national parks. And then during peak season, July and August, the naturalist staff from the National Park Service does host those evening talks at the amphitheater right there at the campground, and they vary from talks on nature and wildlife to the origins of um, Crater Lake, which is, you know, really interesting. I would say to our listeners that if I think of my all-time favorite travel highlights, like from all of our RVing experience, those ranger programs and the amphitheaters in the evenings are like top five for me. In the a boys will sense. still tell you, tell you about the weasels that they learned about at um, Sleeping Bear Dunes, Sleeping Bear Dunes, yeah. Acadia National <laughs> Park, and Balance. Uh, that, that's just always an absolute highlight for me. And I, it's, I almost don't care if the campground's nice. If there's an amphitheater and ranger programs, I'll stay there. I agree. So, any other organized activities or recreation? That's probably about it, right? That is. Well, that's pretty much about it, um, other than what we're going to talk about in sort of the highlights of the National Park. All right, so give us our insider tips. So this campground sits at 6,000 feet, so you'll want to be prepared for cool weather, either even in the summer. And while the campground is open until September 23rd, winter weather comes early to this part of Oregon. We once stayed at Crater Lake Lodge. This was in our pre-RV life. Um, and we were there in early October and got caught in a blizzard. I mean, like whiteout conditions, barely made it off the mountain, you know, had to have four-wheel drive. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind when you're sort of planning those later um, camping trips in September. And it can be true for June, too, as well, that it can be really chilly. I think that we have a friend of the show, Gretchen, from BoxyColonial.com. And I think that they went there pretty early and there were still some places that were blocked well, off with was, snow. There was snow yeah. when we were there in July. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't yeah. In but you could get way. around, yeah. But as we were hiking around, the boys were having snowball fights yeah. in July. Yeah. It's true. It's true. All right. Nobody's perfect. And you've been pretty clear that this one is not perfect. Though The park is about as perfect as they come. So what here could be improved, if anything? You know, I I did feel a little packed in at this campground, so make sure you take a look at the campground map before you book. You know, try to get one of those coveted end spots. Um, Also, reservations are booked at travelcraterlake.com, which you can link to from the National Park Service website, and I'm, I'm sure you'll have in the show notes as well. And I have to say that the website's a little clunky, um, and I actually recommend calling to make your reservations instead. Just make sure you have a park map in front of you so you can reference the sites that the operator is talking about. 
All right. In a second, Shelly's going to tell us about the park itself. And there's just so much wonder, so many wonderful things to do in there and is really, truly one of our most gorgeous national parks. But before we dive into that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camp Jellystone. All right. One of our very favorite things to do is to hit up a good resort Jellystone Park after we've stayed in a national park campground. So Jellystone Parks have everything your family needs to make long lasting camping memories. And free showers. And free <laughs> hot showers for as long as you want. You don't have to pay for them. And now is the perfect time to be booking your Jellystone stays for next year. It's hard to believe, but Memorial Day weekend, July 4th weekend, all of those really fun times to get away in your RV, they are going to be filling up at Jellystones around the country. You've got you know all the visits with Yogi Bear and friends, but you can also have pools and hot tubs and water slides. And you know what? Just activities from sunrise to sunset, like saying the Pledge of Allegiance with Yogi and having a movie outside and a dance party. So it just really is a wonderful family experience like no other. Visit CampJellystone.com to find a Jellystone Park near you. Shelly, take us into this beautiful, beautiful park. And by the way, just this past weekend, I watched the Rock the Park television show episode on Crater Lake, and it just brought a flood of memories back to me, even though we only spent a day there. So tell us what you did there and what you'd recommend for our listeners. Well, as we've said, it's really all about this national park. And, you know, most visitors come to Crater Lake and they drive the rim road that circles the lake. And this road is up on a bluff, so there's no shore access. But the colors, the watercolors, turquoise, sapphire, midnight blue, I mean, I know you can attest to they're stunning um and if you enter from the north you can take that west rim drive to the historic crater lake lodge and there you're going to find one of two visitor um, centers as well as the rim village cafe and there is a fine dining restaurant at the lodge that's still casual enough for kids to enjoy and i just really like the feel of a national park lodge so i i think that's worth a stop there um However, if you're in an RV, I don't I don't recommend driving um, the east side of Crater Lake. The road is much narrower; it's much windier. Um, plus, you're going to need some extra time to do what I think is the best kept secret at the park. Does it have something uh, to do with the wizards? <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely has to do with Wizard Island. So you can only get to the island in the middle of Crater Lake by booking an island shuttle online. And this trip um, has two departures, 830 and 1130. I'd recommend going on the later trip. They're going to sell out. So you need to make your reservations in advance. The cost is about 18 bucks for kids, $27 for adults. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. And you should know, though, that kids on two and under aren't permitted um, on this particular trip. So why the 1130, Shelley? Because just because you have to because it's so hard to get to and you just have to get up so early to do the 830. Or is there another reason? Weather. It, I, I think it has to do with weather. The mornings in Crater Lake, even in the middle of summer, tend to be really chilly. And I think if you leave later, you're going to enjoy your time on Wizard Island more because uh, the weather will be better. 
right, so tell us the rest of the details we need about this wonderful uh, epic trip out to Wizard Island, which we didn't get to do because, uh, I mean, like yeah. people that go for the day probably often don't do this. Well, yeah, we actually couldn't fit it in schedule-wise to be able to, because you have to hike, right? Yeah, well, you're, you're going to tell us all the details. But when I looked at them, I thought, I don't think that we can swing this on our quick visit, you know? Yeah, it really, this is kind of your, your day's activity. So you board the boat, but to get to the boat, you need to hike a mile down the trail to Cleetwood Cove. And the hike, I'm not going to lie, it's strenuous. It has a drop of about 700 feet. So to descend, it takes about 45 minutes. However, it's the hike back to the rim that will have you panting. I mean, I was seriously panting. Um, the climb is equivalent to like doing 70 flights of stairs. So it's no joke. Um, but if you're physically able, experiencing Crater Lake from Wizard Island, I think would be the highlight of your trip. So you board the boat. It's about a 30-minute uh, ride out to the island, and there's a park ranger who's on board who's educating you along the way, kind of giving you all the fascinating details of the cultural and natural history of the lake. And then once you dock, you have about three hours to explore the island, which itself is a volcanic cinder cone. So half of our group hiked to the top of the island, and at the top of the island, you can stand in the crater of a volcano, in the crater of a volcano. Ooh. Do I need to repeat that? <laughs> Got it. Wow. And, and where else Ooh. can you do that? Probably nowhere. It's pretty cool. Um, but again, that hike up, it's strenuous, um, but the, the views are spectacular up there. The other half of our group, which is um, was mostly the kids, they dived into Crater Lake. And let me be perfectly clear, while the water is beautiful and couldn't be any cleaner it is bone chilling cold so i don't think it's a lake that i mean i know it's not a lake i'm jumping into i don't know about you but um well it's like it a dive hurt. in scream run out and dry off so that you could say you dove into crater lake that's exactly what my husband did and he didn't go in a second time so um but i should mention you know crater lake has a really fragile ecosystem so in an attempt to protect it, the National Park Service is really strict about what can be brought into the lake. Basically, nothing. That means no inflatables, no rafts, no pool noodles. You know, the fear here is that you're going to introduce some sort of non-native species. And the rangers are dead serious about this. So serious that, frankly, we're kind of surprised they even allow you to wear a swimsuit. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like, I can't even believe they were so strict about it. Um, I'm surprised they didn't require skinny dipping. It's, yeah. an, it's an interesting part of the NPS e goes wild. It's an interesting <laughs> part of the ethos of some of these parks is that philosophically, in one sense, they want to give you as much access to everything as they can give you, even to the point of like allowing you to put yourself into danger. But then in another sense, they're also protecting these natural landscapes. And I kept thinking that way in Badlands National Park this summer, like, I can't believe they're letting us hike here because like the ground is crumbling beneath our feet. But then at the same time, well, of course they're letting us hike here because it's our park in that sense. It belongs to the people and they, they want to give us access. So that's an interesting example of that fine line that some of the national parks walk. Right. And, you know, funny story, even though the kids couldn't bring any inflatables or pool noodles or anything into the lake, um, kids are inventive. And so we wore um, 
you know, uh, life preservers on the boat on the way over. And so the boys in our group took these life preservers and flipped them upside down and wore them kind of like um, floating diapers and then jumped in the lake and had their fun that way. So, you know, you leave kid to their kids to their own devices and they come up with all sorts of crazy things. I can only imagine what our kids would get up mm. to. I know they would go swimming, don't you think, Stephanie? And you wouldn't. Yeah, I you can't I, I don't I don't go swimming unless I'm hot and I want to cool down. Those are the parameters under which I get in the water. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, Shelly, you this, had mentioned this, oh. that there were some other options, but you didn't feel that they were as good as, you know, the island shuttle to Wizard Island. Yeah, you know, there are other lake cruises that sort of will go around the lake, and they, they too, have a ranger um, that gives a talk. But, you know, I wouldn't advise them, especially for families. They're a lot longer. I think that makes them less kid-friendly, and you don't get time on Wizard Island. And if you ask my kids to this day what their favorite part about visiting Crater Lake was, it was jumping into the water at Wizard Island. Shelly, how many days should we spend at Mazama Village Campground? I mean, we went for a day, and of course we wanted to spend more time there, but what do you think would be the ideal amount of time to camp right outside of Crater Lake? You know, I think probably a weekend is is enough time. It gives you a day to be on the water at Wizard Island, and then it gives you another day to sort of explore at least the Western Rim Drive. There's also a number of hikes in the area um, to some uh, waterfalls and this and that. So there's there's plenty of good hiking in the area. So I say I'd say a good weekend. All right, that sounds right to me. And you will say the entire time you're there over the course of the weekend, you'll just keep saying, "Wow." Wow, look at that water. Like, wow. And you feel so cliche, but honestly, you've never seen anything like it. And it's just amazing to look at. And I think it's really important to see the lake at different times of the day because the way it looks in the morning and that light um, is so much different than the way it looks in the evening. And the whole park is like a photographer's dream. This is, in some ways, this is the exact opposite of Badlands National Park. I mean, like Crater Lake and Badlands. Badlands is like dry and they're totally different in terms of how they look. But there are some interesting similarities. Like Badlands is like you just need a couple days there. And in in Badlands, everywhere you point your camera, there's an amazing photo. And also, just like you said, it looks totally different in the evening than it does in the afternoon and the morning. So, And you have to pay for the showers. And you have to pay for the showers. <laughs> it's, it's just in a weird way. It's like a similar national park experience. So, Well, Shelly, thank you so much. I'm so glad you were able to come on and to do a review of this specific campground because I think that Crater Lake is just such a great destination um, in the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, it's one of those places where it's just worth it to stay there on site and get to explore for a couple of days and really just soak it all in. So I'm glad we have this now, you know, in our in our campground of the week wheelhouse. Yeah. Shelly, where else can we find information about you and about KidTripster.com? Yeah, you can find uh, me and KidTripster at KidTripster.com and on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all at at KidTripster. And I just want to make a little special plug for our Pinterest page. We've just spent 
um, hundreds of hours revamping our boards and to make them more user-friendly. And we've got specific boards for national parks and outdoor adventures. So I think that your listeners would uh, really appreciate those. So give, give us a follow there. And also head over to the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast this week because it's a double dose of Shelly. It's Shelley, Tripster and Week. And she's taking <laughs> us on her college road trip with her, which was an amazing 30-day, 7,000-mile epic RV trip. So head on over there, too. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. We'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground. 